Welcome to the Therapist Space Podcast, a space where the mental health discussion is intentionally brought from the back room to the front porch. I'm your host, Jess Jocelyn, your favorite therapist and goal-setting guru. This space is dedicated to bringing you bi-weekly, intentional, authentic, and exciting conversations about mental health and wellness. While I know you'll gain so much value from this podcast, this is a quick reminder that these conversations are not a substitute for an ongoing relationship with a mental health professional. Welcome to another episode of The Therapist Space. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming to our space, Dr. Kathy Owens-Oliver. Dr. Oliver, welcome to The Therapist Space. Thank you, Jocelyn. It's good to be here. I'm happy to have you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a leadership effectiveness coach in the education space. I primarily work with schools and colleges and some state departments and local school districts around all things teacher education, teacher effectiveness, school improvement, academic optimism, and improving teaching and learning. You have been in the educational space for quite some time. Oh, yes. Oh, I have about 25 years and I've, I've done pretty much everything on the list from being a high school English teacher to working at the state department level, coaching other teachers to moving into national organizations and nonprofits that promote teacher effectiveness and high quality teaching and learning. And I think my passion is around teacher performance and teacher preparation. Right now, I am leading a coaching program with cohorts of educators, some of them teachers, some of them curriculum developers, some of them curriculum specialists and school coaches, and also some assistant principals and administrators. And I work with them on how to increase their impact and income beyond the classroom. All right. You have lots of information. So I am sure our conversation today is going to be jam-packed with good things about education. Tell me a little bit about how this pandemic has changed the educational roadmap, in your opinion. Sure. For one thing, we as a country have to own the fact that a lot of school districts were not ready for effective virtual learning. And in the 21st century and digital edge, that's a problem. We should have just been more prepared nationwide to provide quality instruction online. So part of the reason why the roadmap has changed is because teachers did not have enough instructional technology in their preparation experience, nor in their ongoing professional development as a teacher. And that has been an issue. I think the other part of it is not having a workable solution for the most needy subgroups of children, particularly children in high poverty environments where they don't have access to technology at home or their parents don't have access to Wi-Fi, along with special education students who have a host of needs and learning challenges that can't be well addressed in a virtual environment. That has set us back, particularly around the needs of those students, I I would say two or three years and gains that we would have made. Mm -hmm. I think are, you know, we'll have to go back and, and we just can't pick up where we left off. 
Wow, that's a lot. I don't think you really realize it until it's stated so eloquently <laughs> by those in the um, education field about how this has impacted our children. What yeah. trends have you seen in mental and emotional health and the impact of that with virtual learning? Well, in the beginning, there was a lot of emphasis on the fact that there was less bullying, there was less social competition among students at school. And so in the beginning, it almost appeared like this is going to be a good thing. After parents figured out how to make it work, then it became a celebration of the safety issue and protecting their children from hanging out with the wrong crowd. But then there was a turn there have been suicides across the country for children who couldn't deal with the isolation at all ages. And the secondary group, seventh grade and up, they have really struggled with, you know, not being able to have their gatherings, football games, basketball games, prom, graduation, homecoming queen, those kinds of things. And those, that has just created a huge gap in the social emotional learning they would have received at school. That's true. My daughter's a senior this year and it has been um, devastating for her not to be able to uh, participate in some of the senior activities as they, you know, once could have in the same manner. You know, they're able to do a lot of things virtually, but it's not like having, you know, your friends there with you. So I do understand that from a parental perspective. Sure, um, sure. So you are in a space where you're able to now like talk to parents and have really good conversations with parents and educators as well. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to parents whose children may be falling behind during virtual learning or the parents are working and virtually they're trying to work and the children are trying to go to school or they may just not be the best trigonometry uh, tutor that there is. So can, what advice can you give to parents whose children are falling behind? Yes, a lot of things. So parents really do have to take up the slack at home for the lag in learning and the lag in exposure to good content. What I mean by that is if your child is a reader, you have to make sure they have lots of really great stuff to read, interesting topics that they can download to their phones or MacBooks or what have you. You have to make sure that a lot of the TV time at home also includes some educational component. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be core content, reading, writing, math. It could also just be watching movies together that are wholesome, but then discussing them, asking your children the why questions, not just questions that get a yes or no answer. That's one thing. And the second thing, there is a lot of free tutoring out there. There are lots of services available to students. Some school districts and classroom teachers are making that known, but if not, parents can just do their research. There are a lot of websites and educational opportunities to keep their children engaged at home. That's so true. Um, you know, being a parent, of course, that has a child that's virtually learning, um, you have to be very intentional as a parent on doing what you can to assist your child um, because things are, are very different. You know, teachers are frustrated, children are frustrated, parents are frustrated. So when you have just a big ball of frustration, you know, it can sometimes lead to, you know, students not performing well, being emotionally unhealthy, not really knowing how to manage those emotions, um, not really knowing how to manage 
not having the support that they usually have from teachers, right. from administrators, you know, the support of being in sports and all of that, that can really take a toll. Um, yes. Have you seen numbers rising in like the parents who are asking for help? I have because there seemed to be this conflict in the beginning where teachers felt like now parents will see what we really have to deal with in the workplace and now they will be forced to do their part but <laughs> yeah. then you know but then a lot of parents started saying I need more help I need more insight and I need more material I have right. friends who were asking teachers I want you to send workbooks I don't just want my child posting things online because when most schools moved into the virtual environment and they weren't ready I'm not sure if you're aware a lot of them teachers went to school to make workbooks, 10, 15, 20 pages of math worksheets and reading material. And that was actually good because they were able to give the students learning material on their grade level that connected to lessons they would have been taught. Then after they moved to these virtual environments, they didn't have to do that anymore. But I have friends who have said for their children, they, especially in the elementary grades, they requested, I need more workbooks. There's nothing out here but coloring books and I need something else for them to do this educational for them to be working on. So that's one of the things I've seen. But yes, parents are asking for help and parents are really begging for help with childhood depression and Mm -hmm. anxiety and feeling alone and isolated. That whole social emotional learning piece is really difficult for them. Definitely. Now, what would you, what advice would you give to parents who may struggle with reaching out? Um, Because, you know, some parents may be a little bit more apt to go and ask for things. But what about those who may have a problem or who may struggle with reaching out to their child's teacher or administrators? Well, a couple of things. You have to work the relationship. Parents have to accept that. They have to work the relationship whether it means posting in an online forum or writing an email to the teacher or making a phone call, parents have to push past any reluctance and make that contact and ask for what they need. And nine times out of 10, other parents are asking for it as well. So they definitely need to make that contact. And if they know an educator, a cousin, an auntie, the next door neighbor, you know, someone at church, at work, if you work with somebody whose spouse is an educator, use them as a resource. Ask for pointers and information and recommendations. I'm sure they'll be happy to give it to you. Yes, yes. I know I pull on a lot of people, you know, hey, how about this? Can you help with this? You know, there, there are a lot of times when, you know, it's really easy. And I'm thankful that, you know, as a parent, you can pull on others. You know, you can look to others to assist. Now, I'm a mental health professional, but I'm, and I'm also a parent of a, of a child that's virtually learning. And I do have from time to time children that come into the office who really struggle. I mean, are really struggling, not necessarily with the work with virtual learning, but with, like you said, the depression, the anxiety, the isolation. What can we as mental health professionals do during this time That's a really good question. And I'm just so glad that you as a mental health professional ask that because it's one of the things teachers have been trying to work on. But one of the things you can do is offer 
group therapy for them that allows them to just talk and share their feelings and what they're dealing with. And the reason why it needs to be in a group is because it's less about privacy and any personal issues and more about their desperate need for being social and having some engagement with their friends. So just, you know, offering opportunities, whether it's two or three at a time or five or six in a virtual environment, just sharing how they're dealing with it, what they're doing, how they stay focused, what they're having a, a hard time accepting, what they wish they could do. Just, just really an opportunity for them to vent and get that. They're saying it to their parents, but if you offered an opportunity for them to say it to other youth that they know or that they don't know, it becomes a social environment for them and that's what they need. Wow, that is so true. Um, holding those groups is definitely a way that as a professional, as a provider, you know, mental health provider, we can definitely um, offer some good socialization skills and teach some coping and, and things like that during this time, because there's definitely a need. And with this being global, it's not like, you know, these, this group of kids is out of school right now. This group of kids is going to school, but it's like everybody is, you know, is impacted in some way. Even the ones that are going to school, school doesn't look the same. Exactly. Right. Right. So it is definitely a lot that I think that we can do as professionals. And I appreciate you sharing um, that information with our listeners of what parents can do and how this is definitely affecting children's mental wellness. You know, we yeah. sometimes we think about the teachers, we think about the administrators, but sometimes our children are not really discussed up front. You know, we worry about the adults and how they're doing, but our children are just as important. Right, right. And everything that you probably work with your clients around in terms of managing anxiety, mindset, self-care, breathing and meditation. Oh, yes. Your children don't get this stuff unless they're going to therapy, you know, right. so right. They, they need all of this too. Parents yeah, they coming to you for, you know, definitely. Yeah. My daughter, she's like, mom, you're at a, you're at a nine. I need a five. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, our children do have to remind us um, yes. how we need to, you know, take a chill pill sometimes. Right, right. Dr. Oliver, I have enjoyed this conversation. Tell our listeners how they can get in get with you and a little bit about what you have going on. Sure. So I am Dr. Kathy Owens Oliver again, and everyone can follow me at Dr. Kathy O on all social media, including TikTok, which I haven't figured out. <laughs> but all social media, it's Dr. Kathy O. They can go to my website, www.drkathyo.com. I do have three separate areas of focus right now. The first one is my educational consulting business, Educational Effectiveness Group. The second one is my leadership development and coaching for teachers who want to become entrepreneurs. And the third piece is my Girls Got Life Foundation. And that is for middle school girls. It's, an, it's a mentoring program that was intended to be an after school program and we made it virtual, but it's called Girls Got Life because we focus on four distinct areas, leadership, integrity, family values, and education. But all of the details are at drkathyo.com. Oh, wow, Dr. Kathy. That is like an awesome um, group to have. I am really an advocate for mentoring girls. I, I have a similar program as well here in Gulfport with the mentorship. So we definitely have to connect a little bit more on that. That's wonderful. 
Thank sure. you again so much for being a part of, of the podcast, being a part and coming into our space. I appreciate you. And I'm sure our listeners learned a lot as I have. So again, thank you, Dr. Kathy Owens-Oliver. Thank you. It's been great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Yes. Have a good one. You too. you enjoyed this episode of the therapist space these conversations are not a substitute for an ongoing mental health relationship with a professional my wish for you is that you become more comfortable with bringing the conversation from the back room to the front porch and if you're interested in starting your own private practice or just learning more about mental wellness visit my website at www.jocelyngavinlane.com Or you can follow me on Instagram for daily inspiration and helpful tips. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and leave a review so that I can continue to provide some meaningful content for you. I love staying connected with my listeners. Every other Thursday, I will host Ask Your Favorite Therapist. So if you would like to submit a question for me to discuss on Instagram Live, just click the link in my show notes and I will go live every other Thursday to answer your burning questions regarding mental health therapy and everything in between. Thank you. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Therapist Space. See you soon.